0: I have pictures of my, my favorite breakfast place. got my picture taken the day after the draft. We were headed out there on a Saturday morning, and they took the time down. The John Schneider's Show, Show on Wyman 5. and Bob, every Thursday until draft day. Can I pick the seventh round pick? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And we got around to it, and just Julian Elman. And I'm like, sweet, they are going to pick Julian Elman. And he's like, no, i was just kidding, man. With
1: Seahawks general manager John Schneider. We look forward to this every single week as much as all of you do. It's time for the John Schneider Show. And uh, what a pleasure to be talking to him, Dave, live from the battleground, live where it all happens, and he's out there putting together the next greatest draft. And he'll he'll get this award. We're going to talk about an award. I'm, I'm feeling two years in a row. We'll see how confident he is. He's with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is the Seahawks GM, John Schneider. How are you, man? Good, busy. How you guys doing? we're doing Good. we're doing great uh, before we get into all the particulars of the draft and what's going on out there let me let me say congratulations on winning the uh, best draft award from inside the league uh, tell tell people that aren't familiar with that what what that is and what kind of honor that is to be be the guy that gets that yeah. award for the best draft
0: yeah it's a it's a real cool deal cuz it's uh it's, it's voted on uh, by our peers uh, all the personnel people and scouts uh, throughout the league and and uh just a great reflection of of all the hard work that you know the whole the whole staff everybody puts in you know starting you know for last year's you know you know draft you know right after uh right in the middle of may and uh you know the process working all the way through the summer and you know as we we've discussed before you know all the late night school calls and and uh you know late night reports and all the time in the car and everything like that it's just a great great reflection on our uh, on on the staff and 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 the personnel staff, and then in, in the cl- collaboration with the uh, with the coaching staff as we prepared for last year's draft. And yeah, to your point, you know we're right in the middle of it <laughs> right now. You know, down here um, at the combine.
2: Yeah, you know it's funny we talk a lot about Tariq Woolen and what a great uh, you know, and he was just an amazing pick. But the thing I didn't realize, John, was that uh, Lucas and Cross became the first rookie tackle duo to start. Uh, the first 15 games since 1970. I mean, I guess offensive linemen don't get a lot of love, but I mean, that's 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 a huge accomplishment. Those two guys. Tell us, uh, talk about their development during the season.
0: You know, just super impressed the the, the durability. You know, Abe missed the uh, the one game, but you know, as you well know, Dave, I mean, long season for for rookies, especially at that position, and. You know, the guys they played against, you know, starting off the season, you know, the Boses and the Gregories and the Max and, you know, all these guys that they uh, they had to play against right away. It was just a really great experience for those guys and gave them a ton of confidence. And, you know, I mean, I think Abe missed, you know, one game with an elbow. But, uh, you know, I just just just, you know, the the coaching staff did a great job getting those guys and and, in 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 play shape and, and um the strength conditioning guys did a great job you know helping those guys with their durability throughout the year and yes it's a it's a really cool story they're both just great guys i was actually standing in line at the starbucks early this morning with uh uh one of abe's trainers and, and she was just bragging to me about you know how he's there at seven o'clock in the morning and working his tail off and he's he's, he's ready to you know he's ready to get to prepare for next season
1: Hey, John, you know, we, we talk about the Mariners all the time here and, and and the success they had. They finally get to the playoffs last year after two decades of missing it. And and then we talk about the following season, this season coming up, and Scott Service talking about, yeah, it's great. We got that monkey off our back. But now there's that expectation when you've got that success and everybody just expects, okay, you're going to at least match it, if not exceed it. Do you feel any of that with this draft? I mean, you, you crushed this last draft. Obviously, you're getting acknowledged for it. You're winning awards for it. But now it feels like, you know, that's kind of the expectation. All right, John, do it again. Do you feel any different or any different level of expectation going into this year?
0: No. No, just because we, you know, we put in we put in the same amount of time, effort, uh, you know, in, in every draft and you know it just so happens that, you know, we have the 5th pick in the draft this year, which is, you know, unique. Uh I've personally only experienced it one time and that was in Green Bay when we took AJ Hawk and um uh, and so we were trying to decide between AJ Hawk and Vernon Davis. But uh you know, it's 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 definitely different uh, when you're when you're picking up there. Um but not pressure, more, more more excitement. Um and and you know, definitely more preparation for players that uh you know, in the past we knew we wouldn't have a chance <laughs> of drafting, so we didn't necessarily spend as much time with those guys.
2: Hey John, uh, you're there obviously to to see the combine and the guys perform and all that, but as far as, you know, uh making contact with with other teams and other GMs and scouts and things like that, what percentage of uh of your meetings are are that kind of thing, kind of laying groundwork for for any kind of future deals?
0: Yeah, it's all of it. it it's definitely all of it. It's uh yeah, you know, it's meeting with uh, other general managers or other, uh, you know, other cap guys, personnel uh, directors. Uh, you know, trying to figure out what the the free the, uh, agency market landscape is going to look like. Uh, setting up, um, trying to set up possible trades, uh, trade scenarios. Uh, you know, whether that be, you know, uh, in the, you know, on, you know, setting up for draft day or just in the off season in general. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, what people's caps look like, cap casualties. Um yeah, just really trying to get a lay of the land and from a percentage standpoint, I mean it's really I mean it's 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 definitely like a uh you know, seven o'clock till you know, call it three o'clock uh type of uh process. Um uh, and then there's you know, there's just there's a there's just a lot of a lot of people, the staff have gotten a lot bigger over the years and uh yeah, I mean there's just a there's just a lot a ton of interaction and a lot of um a lot of people to uh to learn from as we as we try to figure out where where we're headed here.
1: John, I know things often happen at the last minute with a team on the clock, moves are made. But when when do you, as a GM, get a sense of all right? I, I've got a good idea of what's going to happen in front of us. Like, is it is it the night of, the night before, where you feel like all right, we know I, I'm throwing out hypothetical. The Bears are going to trade that pick to the Colts. The Colts are going to do this. We know the Cardinals are going to do this. We have a sen- Do you do you get a strong sense of what's happening in front of you, or is it just a, a grab bag until that that pick is made by the commissioner out there?
0: I think it's a great, great question. It's a, it's a continual uh, buildup. You know, you're constantly uh, trying to, to uh, find, find out as much as you possibly can from any source that you possibly can about what's going to be happening in front of you and behind you. And, um, you know, it's just conversations you have with, uh, you know, um, other teams, other agents and, and, um, you know, what teams, uh, teams needs are and, and um, where, you know, what, how they, how you think they can um, help their team. And, you know, if it's, it's, you know, constantly, you know, we talked about before, just trying to figure out, you know, strategically, you know, you know, how you how you figure out where to take a Kobe Bryant or a Tariq woman, like where those guys are gonna fit in. Um so yeah, it's it's a constant build up. Um you know, I think it started with you know, Chicago there was a tweet, you know, hey, you know, Chicago's looking to they've had offers or something like that to get to the you know, the number one pick or something like that the first day we got down here. It's like I heard somebody say something like, Yeah uh you know, why don't you just put a, a billboard up? Um but yeah, that stuff's, you know, like you guys have seen it in the media and everything too. And yeah, it's a there's it's it's social media and it's it's interacting with some, as many people as you possibly can.
2: John, we talked to uh Scott Fitter yesterday and we told him he's the second best GM that we're gonna talk to on this show this uh
0: this week. What a, but, what a great guy, huh?
2: Oh man, yeah. He's the. Although he did call into question my athletic ability, he said that my wife whoops me in tennis and you know, <laughs> <He's> wearing headbands <laughs> out he's there in the backyard his or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was in their backyard, right? Dave's
0: getting his butt kicked by his wife right now. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, I was. And Fitter was up like with a pair of binoculars in his bedroom watching me. But uh, but hey, so tell the one thing he said about you, John, was that your people skills. Are amazing and you know and that's you know, a lot of people don't realize that you know that's that's a huge part of it like you know how you how you talk to people like you know i always say i never hear any uh, uh never an ill word out of out of you you know as far as talking about people you don't you don't do that kind of thing and just tell us how you how you developed that over the years where you where you learned your your people skills from
0: wow that's nice that's that's cool that he said that nice of you to say uh I don't know. I think it's, it's, um, it's just a trust factor, right? I think you have to be able to interact with people and be above board, uh, um, when you're interacting with people and, and let people know you care. And, you know, um, you know, I've, I've always believed that, you know, you get, you get more with honey than you do with vinegar and, and, you know, you just try to people treat people the, the way that you would like to be treated. So if I'm, you know, if I'm talking to a, a, a club, you know, I I, uh, you know i hope that they're being as honest with me as i am with them like as much as as much as i possibly could you know um, without you know putting the putting the organization at risk
1: John, I just want you to know I agree with both Scott and Dave. You've got tremendous people skills. So <laughs> 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 don't sell yourself short, Judge. <laughs> hey, hey, do you uh, do you pay any attention to mock drafts? Dave and I have spent a lot of time looking at them and talk. I, I think they're fun. I, I I love watching or reading everybody's perspective. And they, you know, some will do trades. And here's what we see: John Schneider, Pete Carroll doing this. Mel Kuyper had you guys trading out to the ninth pick and taking the florida quarterback and you know other other guys have you moving up. it's 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 fun to me but do you look at it at all and and get a kick out of it or do you just totally ignore that stuff
0: oh no i always have i always have you know ever since i was a ever since i was a kid i couldn't wait for the, the zimmerman uh you know sports illustrated article to come out like the week before the draft or whatever and you know that was really the only one i think at that time um and what, is, what does that look like and what it ends up really ha- really happening um, but yeah I mean we, we you know we'll get on there and, and mess around with it and you know try to try to see how accurate they are and, and it depends on on the uh, you know it kind of depends on the, the the source of the website as well I mean they're, you know the, the you, you you try to figure out who's talking to who and and uh, you know we try not to let stuff out of our building but other people other people do.
2: Hey John, I always say that uh, if I was a GM, I would have never drafted me because of my uh, my injury history and and things like that. You said, and you know, I think yeah, you no, said I'm not this.
0: Sure about the du- I'm not sure about the durability. What the durability score would be there, uh, Dave? But uh, you know. no,
2: yeah, it was bad. Trust me. I, and, you know.
0: we, we, we 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 like our we like our linebackers to have uh, we like our, our linebackers to have uh, healthy backs and shoulders. <laughs> they,
1: like, <laughs> they like them to be available.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, that's enough. Anyway, yeah. No, no, my, just...
0: bad. my bad, Dave. You know I love you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, T. but Donna just came and said hi to us. That was cool. Who? T.J. Hushmanza. Oh, oh.
2: T.J. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That that's got to be cool. That <laughs> you you run into a lot of you people remember there, right? it. You guys remember him?
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Of course. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I was just asking about you know the the physical part of it. I mean, you know, as far as uh, the the physicals go, um, how yeah. is that? Where does that rank? Is you know, as opposed to like, no, it, yeah, forty time, all that other stuff, interviews, sort of rank it for us. Yeah,
0: it's it, it's definitely it's definitely huge. You know, we um, you know we'll have an orthopedic score and then we'll have a durability score as well. I say score. You know, there's 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 psychological grades. There's there's uh you know football character grades, personal character grades um and also you know uh we'll have an orthopedic grade, and like I said, we'll have the durability grade We ended up um uh you know implementing a, a durability grade uh, a couple years, maybe like two thousand twelve you know we had drafted a couple of guys that that had never missed games and so they had a really they had a really nice orthopedic grade, but then um, when they came into pros, they missed they would, they were missing you know fairly significant amount of time. so we 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 ended up saying, okay, well, that's great. You can have a great uh, orthopedic grade, but you also have to have durability grade. And that's where a lot of our our analytics guys come in and help us as well and support science.
1: Hey, John, obviously the big story out there now is Jalen Carter and everything he's dealing with. I won't ask you to comment on him specifically, but just as, as we've seen you know, things pop up during the draft, of the Laramie Tunsil picture with the gas mask and the bong and that whole thing, it seems like always something, you know, there'll be something that pops up every year on, on different levels. When that happens, how does how does the room respond? How does the building do? All the GMs kind of get together, and can you believe what's going on with this guy? Or do you guys do you huddle with your scouts and say, "All right, now we're looking at this guy differently than we did before"? Or what what happens when when stories like that pop up?
0: Well, uh, we'll go to our security people right away. George Engelbright does a great job with us, and so he'll we'll, we'll go to him and, and ask him to do his research. And then, to your point, you know, we we huddle up as a group, we keep we keep that in house. Um, you know, we don't necessarily talk to other teams about that sort of thing. Um, you know, you kind of you get to, like I said, you know, you get to a point where you got to be really careful about what's coming out of the building, and you know, you don't want to have, you know, the loose lips sink ships thing. You know, so uh, yeah, we want we, we try to keep that stuff real tight.
2: When did that start, John, as far as uh, – because uh, George is just the nicest guy, George Englebright, and, you know, got a, a bunch of guys uh, that uh, – the whole security team that you have there. But uh, when did that kind of come into play? Is that, Has that always been the case since you've been in the NFL?
0: Yeah, we've always had – yeah, we've always had our, our security director, you know, be the one that handles, you know, anything, you know, that we get, you know, through the league office or any, any off-the-field stuff with, um, you know, police departments or, you know uh, – yeah, any, any any sort of um, you know off the field activity that we could possibly uh, gather. It's 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 a it's a big project for George, and you know he you're right. He is a great guy. and He does an awesome job. Um, it's it's important to him. And he's really thorough.
1: How, how tough is that for you, John, and probably Pete as well? When you see an athlete at at any position, linebacker, running back, whatever it is, and you're watching him on film, and you're going, man, this is somebody special but maybe they've got a background where they've made some poor decisions on a consistent basis. Is it, do you, do you have to resist talking yourself into a player like that? We can fix him. We can, he'll grow up here or, or how, how tough is it to sort of wrestle with the talent versus what may come with the talent?
0: Well, it's tough and you have to figure out, you know, if you can, if we can, you know, support the player and and help that player, uh, in our building or, you know, our city where we are, um, you know, uh, yeah, and, and and you know, how can you help that person? And then you know, risk versus reward. So, uh, you know, we've we've definitely you know, we've, we food trip, we've tried. You guys have seen us do it in the past to to you know, give people second, third chances, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll continue to do that. But you always have to weigh um, that risk versus versus the reward of uh, you know, what, what's the upside here, and you know, what's the downside.
2: Hey John, tell us. Uh, you know, you just uh, mentioned that TJ Houshmanzada just uh, just walked by. As, you know how cool is that? I mean, it's it's also kind of a little bit of a, a social thing. I mean, you're, you're seeing all kinds of uh, players from your your past or whatever. But uh, who are some of the anybody in um, particular that you've bumped oh, into? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, constantly great. Yeah. So last night I spoke to the uh, the offensive linemen and the runners. It um, was there like. You know, first night, and so I talked to those guys, and they had they had some legends in there, and it was so cool, it was like uh, Donnie Edwards, uh, John Randall, Will Shields, uh, Robert Turbin. And I was talking to all these guys, I'm like, no way, you guys are making me feel old. So I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I got I got to get a selfie with you guys. So I took a selfie with it. It was funny because, mm-hmm. you know, the year we signed John Randall in Minnesota, uh, I worked on the deal with Gary Uberstein and uh, his is his, uh, representative. And then after the draft, I you know I, you know I went to uh, the Redskins with with uh, Marty Schottenheimer and and so he was giving me crud last night. And he's like, yeah, I was always wondering where that, that that short white guy went that signed me. <laughs> 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 so it was pretty cool though. So yeah, I guess I was able to get a selfie with those guys.
1: Hey, hey, John. In reading different headlines about different teams at this time of year, the, everybody talks about franchise tags. Well, they got to work out a deal with this guy. If not, they'll they'll tag him. You don't see it that often. Certainly, the Seahawks are, are don't use it much at all. Is and I'm curious, just from your perspective as a GM, is it, is it the reluctance to use that tag? Is it more about just the hit the salary cap takes and you can't spread bunny out and let's figure this out? Or what what would you say is the biggest reason that doesn't get used mm-hmm. more often?
0: yeah you nailed it you nailed it you have to have the you have to have flexibility within your within the cap you know you always have to do that if you want c- to, to to uh try to continue to uh, build your team all throughout the year you know i'm talking you know all the way through the trade deadline or you know extending guys at the end of seasons and everything like that so you, you it's it's it just could be you know it just can be prohibitive you know i've you know obviously there's there's different positions where it makes sense uh you know because the the number's not quite as high um uh, so yeah, uh, you know, like that you know, was a big deal for us to get the deal done with Jason Myers. I think I talked to you guys about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, kicker is a position you know you, you can you can you know you can you can stomach it. So, but we, we didn't want to do that, and uh, so we we were able to work with his agency and and uh, and get a deal done. But um, yeah, I've never really looked at it as a negative thing when people say, oh, you know, they get the franchise tag because if you get a franchise tag, you know, it's a, it's 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 a it's a significant amount of money, especially at the premium positions.
2: Hey, John, I always bring this up with KJ that I, for whatever reason, I was watching the combine. I remember his, his combine watching KJ run around the field. And, you know, it was during the drill part of it. I just remember thinking, man, those long legs, like it doesn't look like he's moving that fast. And it was just very interesting to see that part of it. Is that, what, what do you actually watch at, at the (laughs) combine? I mean, I don't know if you're going to sit there and watch the forty or anything like that. Is are the drills that they do out on the field? Is that is that something really worth watching?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. And you know, it's not just the live uh, portion, you know, Dave. It's it's uh, when we get back, we'll we'll go through, you know, by position and give guys individual grades. You know, just you know, watching the video, um, and we'll you know, we'll grade different you know, you know W drills and you know different bag drills and 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 see what, what see all, that, all those all grades add up and what that looks like. And, you know, when you're watching it live, you're also watching how all the guys interact with each other, uh, who's competing, who's not, who's, you know, just by themselves on their cell phones over in the corner. Or, you know, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot to, uh, you know, everything counts, right? And and so there's, there's a lot to observe and, and a lot to take in and, and, and learn throughout this, this process, especially, you know, when they're on the field working out.
1: Hey John, just as far as the combine itself goes, do you still place the same amount of value on it? Is it more or less? We Dave and I were talking about the story that came out—the NFLPA wanting to regionalize this. They don't like the combine; they want it to be a regional thing. And I, to me, that seemed counterintuitive. And the it just gets bigger every year. I just can't see it going away. But as somebody who utilizes the combine as, a, as obviously a tool to to measure and evaluate, what's your feeling about that?
0: No, no, we we love it. I mean, it's a, it's it's a grinder. There's no question about it for everybody. The training staff, the doctors, you know, um, you know all the scouts, all the coaches that, that attend and everything like that. But it's 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 worthwhile. And and you know, I've heard people say that maybe they want to move it that sort of thing. You know, to your point. But you know, really, you know, to Dave's point earlier, you know, the medicals probably the, the reason they started the combine was that's very important is my point It's a medical grade but the reason they started the combine was the jets drafted uh wesley walker wide receiver a number of years ago i can't remember what year it was uh maybe early 80s late 70s or something like that and they once they once they acquired him they found out that he was blind in one eye now he was a phenomenal receiver but it was at that point it's my understanding that a lot of the, the teams got together and said hey we can't we got we gotta work together and and, um, and, and and have a one, one central place where we can, you know, we can get all the medical grades. So it's really that's primarily the reason they started. It was for all the for all the medical grades. And, and Jeff Foster does a great job here, uh, you know, with with working with all the uh, hospitals in town here. And it is a very big, you know, it's a convention town, so it's very walkable, uh, skyways, and and you know, it's really easy to get around. Um, so it just it just makes it makes makes sense to to be here. And and um, yeah, it's 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 a uh, I think it's it's essential myself.
2: Hey, John, uh, probably the most memorable Combine moment was Pete Carroll taking his shirt off in the meeting with DK Metcalf. (laughs) I'm wondering if you were in that room or if there's maybe a possibility Mm -hmm. this year that you – you take your shirt off, uh, in front of one of the, one of the prospects. Um, what, what do you think?
0: Uh, that that would be a big negative ghost rider. That is not happening. <laughs> uh, Top I, I was not, I was, I was, uh, I was actually around the corner. Um, I forget who I was meeting with, but, uh, I was right around the corner from our room at that point, And, uh, and and uh, a couple of our scouts came out of the room just laughing their tails off. They're like, You're never gonna believe what Pete just did with Metcalf. I was like, Oh god. What did he do? But it was it, that was a that was a that was a really funny moment, you know. We had a we had a moment, um these combine stories uh, uh we had uh, Kajana Carter in our room. I'll never forget that when I was with the Packers and it was pretty evident he was gonna be like a you know, top, you know, what second or one first or second or third pick in the draft and and uh we had him we had him in our room and i say that because it was the exact same room that um uh, that metcalf that that pete and metcalf did that in but we were watching the the, the players were all headed to the dinner to watch the uh or they they were going to dinner and we had the nba dunk contest on and kajana was in there watching it with us and 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 uh he was getting he was a little late for dinner and he's like, by the way, why are you guys, because we are picking like 26 or something like that, and he's like, why are you guys, um, why are you guys being with me again? And, uh, you know, you, you know, you guys are picking 20-something, right? And we're like, yeah, well, and he's like, well, I'm probably not going to be, be there, right? And I'm like, well, <laughs> not after hanging out with us, and we get done spreading all these rumors about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna spread rumors about what happened in the Packers room. But it's a funny story because it was the exact same—that exact same room that we were in. You get that's in these—you get in these rooms like you know, like you know, we felt like you feel like you're spending two months here. So, um, yeah, it's that's a that that thing with Pete was hilarious. Well,
1: it's 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 fun to watch. I I hope it stays as it is. The regional thing I think is a bad idea, but we'll we'll see. Uh, it's it's good to talk to you as as always, John. We appreciate the time. Have fun out there, and and uh, no, no big deal. Everybody just expecting you to do what you did last year or do better. You know, no big deal, no pressure.
0: <laughs> well, the goal was to do better. Okay, so you know, I, don't, I hope all the fans know how much everybody's busted their tail down here, and you know. That's that's what that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make everybody proud.
1: Yeah. We appreciate you, man. Good luck, John. Yeah.
0: Appreciate you guys.
1: There you go. John Schneider with us every Thursday at 4 o'clock here with Wyman and Bob. If they do better in this year's draft than they did last year, start creating the statue right now to put out in front of Lumen Field because that's uh, it's hard to imagine. But good stuff from John Schneider. We'll come back, give you some thoughts on what we heard from the Seahawks GM. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710.